Hello, Online Church. This morning, we are in our fourth week of our series, Chasing Carrots, where we're talking about the attempt to grasp what is unreachable. When I think of chasing carrots, I picture a horse in a buggy and I picture a horse, it's attached to the buggy and the driver has a fishing pole, you know, this line. And at the, at the end of the line is a carrot and it's dangling just close enough to the horse that he can see it and he can smell it, but he can't grab it. So this horse is walking and it's trying to grasp this carrot, but no matter how many steps it takes, it's just at the same distance in front of his face. So if horses think, I would think the horse would think, I'm gonna run faster. And if I run faster and harder, then surely I will be able to get that carrot, but to no avail, no matter how fast the horse runs, he just can't grab it. So the horse might think, you know what I'm gonna do? I am going to dig deeper. I'm gonna dig my hooves into the ground. I'm gonna grind it out, work harder, and surely that bright orange crunchy bit of happiness and fulfillment will be mine. You get the picture. When I think of chasing the carrots, when I think of chasing carrots, I also think of chasing after the wind. You know, the wind is something that we can feel, we can here, and sometimes we can even smell it if it's carrying a fragrance along with it, but we can never grasp it. We can never make it ours. So in this series, Chasing Carrots, The Endless Pursuit of More, we've talked about chasing fame, chasing stuff, chasing perfection, and today we're going to talk about chasing approval. But I think it's worth stopping for a moment and asking ourselves a question. And the question is this, why is it that all of us, everyone watching, everyone who's ever existed, why is it that we're always chasing something? Why is it that we never have enough? We don't have enough time. We don't have enough energy. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough fill in the blank. Why are we on this endless pursuit of chasing something that at the end of the day leaves us empty, unhappy, and unfulfilled? And I believe it's because we all have a void that exists within us. We all have an emptiness and a longing inside of us that on our own we cannot seem to fill. There's a void. It's that feeling we get when it's dark and quiet and we're all alone. It's that pain that you carry, that fear, that anxiety, that addiction. It's there in the dark and in the quiet, and no matter how much we try to numb it or distract it away, that void exists, and it causes you and it causes me to get up each and every day and chase something. And unless you are chasing one thing, and don't worry, I'm gonna let you know what that one thing is, we will always be chasing the wind, chasing that ever-moving, elusive carrot. You and I will always be on an endless pursuit of something that will never fill the void. So what is this void and what does it have to do with approval? Approval being the chasing after the applause, the praise, the attention of people. Well, let's address the void first. 
within each of us, we've talked about this, a longing and a desire and a yearning for more exists. And let me tell you that that yearning in and of itself is not a bad thing. That yearning was actually placed there by your creator. And he placed that there within you so that you would instinctively chase after something and that something is him. Remember I told you that one thing that you need to chase. It's him. It's the God who made you. The God who saw you before you were ever born. The God who with his very own hands knit you together while you were being formed in your mother's womb. This creator God made you. And he made you so that you would know him, so that you would love him, so that you would glorify him. He knew that this is the only chasing that would ever fulfill. But there was a falling out between the creator and the created. And even though each created being was carefully made by the hand of their creator, made in his image, made to love him, made to glorify him, the created being thought that he knew better. And he, the created being, chose his own way, his own wisdom, his own path. And when this happened, the chase for all the wrong things began. So I wanna take you back to a story that will be familiar for most of you watching. I wanna take you back actually to the first story ever told. The story where our time began, the story of two created beings who lived in absolute perfection. Two created beings who didn't need to chase anything because they had all that they needed. So I'm gonna read to us from Genesis. Genesis is the first book of the Bible and it's the account of the creation of the world. And so I'm gonna start in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, and it says this. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful um, and produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I'm gonna skip forward to verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united as one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. Adam and Eve, the first two created beings, were perfect. They had all they needed. They had all the freedom. They walked and talked with God and lived in a world untouched by evil, pain, sorrow, and suffering. They were literally naked and not ashamed. Now, can you imagine that one? And we're all like, 
Not a chance. That is the stuff of our worst nightmares, right? We show up to work or we're standing on a stage and we look down and we forgot to put our pants on. We're like, nope, can't, uh, can't imagine that one, Adam and Eve, but not these two. They literally had no shame until they bought into a lie. And here is where the endless pursuit of approval enters the world. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, and it says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Well, God did speak to Adam and he did tell him, remember back in verse 16, it said, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except just one, just one tree. Adam did not have the freedom to eat from. So the woman says, back to chapter three, verse two, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. Did God say you couldn't touch it? If you do, you will die. Well, the serpent in verse four says, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. They bought into the lie, and it's a lie that we still believe today, a lie that God doesn't have our best interest in mind, that God doesn't really know what's best for us, that God, if he's real and if he cares, doesn't really know what I need, that perhaps God is withholding good from me, so I have to go out and chase it down for myself. Adam and Eve were ensnared by a lie that the enemy of God, Satan, told them. Their eyes were open because that's what it tells us. It says that uh, that Eve in verse six, chapter three, the woman was convinced she saw that the tree was beautiful and that its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves as if they could cover their shame with leaves. If they could cover themselves, perhaps they thought then maybe God would approve of them once more. Then maybe they could cover the brokenness that maybe they could fill the void that now existed within them. So the chase began and continues to this day. We chase after the affection of others, the praise of others, the applause of others. We desire to be seen, to be heard, to be liked, to be accepted. Look at me, love me, tell me I'm doing a good job. Tell me I'm not forgotten. Tell me you're proud of me. And some of us, we're lucky. We get to hear those words from parents, friends, bosses, our spouses. But let's be honest, and we are watching church this morning, so it's a good idea to be honest. For even those of us who hear those words, it's not enough. It's never enough. We can never have enough praise. We can never have enough attention. We can never have enough of the approval of, the approval of others. There's a void. There's a longing unfulfilled. 
When I was younger, I was told that I was big boned. I wasn't chubby. I had big bones. I still don't know exactly what that means. So some of you, if you're really good in anatomy, you can know if some people have bigger bones than others. But to me, at a very young age, those words cut deep. Because in a world that values our appearance, in a world that assigns a value to you based on what you weigh or what you look like on the outside, those words were a deep wound in me. At a very young age, I began the pursuit, because of those words, of gaining others' approval through my appearance. I believed a lie, that my bones were too big, and I allowed that lie to name me, to shape my understanding of who I was, and to determine my value. I also happened to have a big personality and always got in trouble for being too loud, too busy, too hyper, too talkative, too much. And unfortunately, I allowed these names to define me too. Hi, I'm Melissa, I'm big boned, and I am too much. So let me just tamp down my emotions and starve myself so you will like me, is basically how I showed up to my life every day. And I don't share this with you to have you feel sorry for me. I share it with you to illustrate how believing a lie can have you chasing the approval of others. And also I share it with you so that you would know that you're not alone because what I know to be true about those of us who are endlessly seeking the approval of people is that somewhere along the line, you believed a lie too. Maybe you still believe it now. Your lie may be that you're alone, you're abandoned, you're lost, you're unloved, you're unworthy, you're damaged goods, you're a failure, you're too fill in the blank, too short, too tall, too fat, too thin, too old, too young. But these are all lies. These are lies the enemy tells you to keep you chasing after carrots. They are not who your creator says you are because you know what you are. You are God's beloved. His most prized possession, his greatest work of art, so worthy of love and belonging that he, your creator, the one who you and I chose to turn our backs on, that one, that God, he decided that you have so much value and worth that he would send his son, knowing that his son, Jesus, would be rejected, spit on, beaten, lied about, lied to, murdered. And he did this so that the lies that keep us chasing after the wind, the lies that make us hustle and chase for the approval of men could be dispelled so that God could give you a new name and a new identity. And your new name is child of God. First John 3, 1 says, see how very much our father loves us for he calls us his children. And that is what we 
are. Your new name is child of God and your new identity is brand new creation. Paul, who saw Jesus with his own eyes, he says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, right? Because Jesus was walking this earth, he was a man, but it was after he died and rose again and people saw this new risen alive savior. He says, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, just like Jesus became new. We are new people when we accept him. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. In our creator, we are made new. We no longer have to chase the approval of others to fill the void that exists within us. And that's good news, but there's a but. You no longer have to choose the approval or chase the approval of others, but you must choose to believe who God says you are. You see, you get to decide what and who you believe. You can continue to believe the lies that were spoken to you or spoken over you, or you can trust Jesus. You can trust that his sacrifice of his own life for the sake of setting you free from sin, setting you free from the bondage of the lies that you believe, or you can believe your creator. So we have two choices this morning and here is where I want to make this talk extremely practical because the last thing I would want is for you to hear this message and go, oh yeah, that sounded really good, but I have no idea what to do with it. So I'm gonna make it really easy here. We have two choices. Are you ready? Here we go. Choice one, and this is the choice I hope you will not make. Continue to believe what is not true about you and thus spend your life chasing after the approval of others. In Proverbs, it's the book of wisdom. It says this, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. So we're gonna break this down here. And let's be honest here, this fearing people, most of us live in fear of what other people think of us. We are obsessed with the approval of others. And if you don't believe me and you need a little evidence, all you need to do is go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any other social media platform, you pick your poison, and you will see that people are obsessed about what men think about them. But to live like this is to live trapped, and not only trapped, it says dangerously trapped. It's a dangerous trap. Why is that? It's because the opinions of others are fickle. It always changes. You can give your best and it won't be enough. You can practice and it still isn't good enough. You can perform to your best and you can still fail. If you are looking to and for the approval of others, the truth in God's word says that you are trapped. Well, my husband, he loves to fish and I always find myself fascinated by all of his lures. And I have to admit, I do really like shiny things. I like big diamonds. That's a hint for my husband. We're gonna be married 25 years coming up. But anyways, back to my example here. What fascinates me the most about lures is how they work. You see, to a fish, they see something really shiny just gliding through the water. And the fish is thinking, huh, 
lunch because it looks like the real thing. It looks like another little fishy just swimming through the water. The problem with that lure, and you can even hear it in the word lure, is that it tricks and it traps the fish because as soon as the fish bites, he is now hooked. He is ensnared. He no longer has the freedom to swim anywhere that he wants. He is now powerless. And this is the picture that this verse is painting for us. When we are tricked by the shiny short-term approval of others, we are hooked. That word snare, that trap, it literally uh, paints a picture of a, like a hook in the nostril, right? And to look after the approval of men, it's a dangerous trap. So that brings us to choice two. So choice one, continue to believe what is not true about you and thus spend your life chasing after the approval of others or trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. And here's where the choice thing comes into play. You have to choose to believe what God says about you. Some of you may say, well, where do I find that? How do I know? How do I know what God says about me? And I have got news for you. It's here. It's all in here. You know this thing that's, you know, gathering dust underneath your bed or up on a shelf somewhere. You know, it's leaving marks in there because it's been sitting there so long. Or you know that Bible app on your phone that you conveniently scroll past to go to Facebook and Instagram or whatever it may be. That is where, that is where in here, where you can read and know for absolute certain what your creator says about you. And do you want to know what it says? I'm going to give you a sneak peek. It says, you are not alone. God is with you. Isaiah 41.10, do, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You are not abandoned. You are adopted, Galatians 4, 5. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves so that he could adopt us as his very own children. You are not lost. You are found, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You are not unloved you are loved john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life and i know some of you like this is like the billboard verse this is the verse that you see you know on the black strips underneath the football players eyes and can i just appeal to you for a minute it is so much more than a billboard verse that verse does not say for God loved the world. Do you know what it says? It says for God so loved the world. God doesn't just love you. God so loves you. You have infinite worth and value in the eyes of your creator. And I got to tell you, some of you watching here right now, I like you. Some of you who are watching, I might even love you, but I don't like or love you enough to give you my very own son. I'm sorry, I'm not capable of doing that. I could not give you my son to be beaten and spit on and lied to and murdered. It's just not within me. God so loved you that he did not even withhold his very own son from you. God so loved 
you. You are not unworthy. You are accepted. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right, the right, meaning he made you worthy to become children of God children of God. You are not damaged goods. You are a new creation. We read that verse earlier that anyone who is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You are not a failure. You are a conqueror. Romans 8.37 says, no, despite all these things, what things? Despite hardships, trials, lies spoken over us and to us, Overwhelming victory is ours in Christ who loved us. You are not to fill in the blank with whatever. The uh, Psalm 139, 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I'm not big boned. My bones were knit together by God with care and skill and intention. Big boned does not define me. Wonderfully made with infinite worth and value does. I'm not too much. I am so loved by God that he sent his one and only son to show me just how much I am worth to him. You are not what anyone else says about you. You are only what God says about you. But it's a choice. Choose to believe the lie and so be ensnared, ever chasing the approval of others, or choose to trust what God says about you. I wanna close with this. Some of you may have a hard time accepting that what God says about you is true. And that may be because you have never trusted him before. You haven't believed that what Jesus did on a cross was true or that it was true for you. Therefore, you aren't many of these things yet. You haven't been adopted yet. You haven't been found or accepted or a new creation. You don't really feel like a conqueror. But today could be the day of your salvation. Today could be the day that you choose to believe what God's word says about you. God's word says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And sometimes it seems too good to be true that God made it so easy that the standard is, I just have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that he died on a cross for my sins to fill that void, to stop that chasing after the wind, that it's we just have to have faith and believe. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And I wanna tell you, it isn't too good to be true. It is the truth. And today you can choose to believe. So I'm gonna pray for us to close this out. Father God, there are people who have been told lies, who have believed lies, who have been in bondage for too long, believing what isn't true, trapped, ensnared by the thoughts and the opinions and the words of others, but you, Jesus, came to die to set us free. And Father, is my prayer that whoever is watching, maybe they don't believe what you've done for them, they haven't believed it yet. 
They don't believe that they could be worthy, accepted, loved, adopted. No one ever told them before that they are fearfully and wonderfully made with infinite value and worth. But today they have heard the truth. And it is as easy as just confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus came, he lived, he died, he poured out his blood for us. And that he didn't just stay dead, that he rose again from the grave and he is a conqueror and that everything Jesus is can be ours if we simply believe and choose to follow him. So Father, if there are those out there who are like, I want this, I want this kind of life, I want this kind of freedom, I don't wanna be ensnared anymore. I pray that this is the morning they would say, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. I believe that you came to this earth, you lived a sinless life, you died on the cross in my place, you paid my penalty, I walked away from you and you pursued me and you didn't give up on me. You haven't given up yet and you will not give up on me in the future. I believe it. I believe that he rose from the grave, that Jesus is alive, that he is my risen savior. And today I want to stop believing the lies and replace it with truth. So Father, I pray today that this would be the day of salvation for 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 people. We love you, Jesus. Amen. If you made that decision this morning to trust Jesus with your life, then we want you to text GL Trust to 94,000. We do not want you to make this decision alone. We want to celebrate with you and we want to come and walk alongside of you and help you take your next steps. So make sure to text that in and someone will get a hold of you. Well, thank you, Grumlaw Church, for watching this morning. <laughs>